Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. If we haven't met, my name is Ryan Moore. I'm the pastor of care here at the Life Christian Church. Um, We are continuing our series and kind of concluding it today on ancient wisdom. I want to speak today on the theme of wisdom, God's guarantee. Wisdom, God's guarantee. What is the will of God for my life? We all wrestle with that question from time to time. We all have decisions that we have to make in our journey in life. Real decisions, like I've been offered a new job. Should I take it or should I wait for a better offer? I've been accepted at two colleges. Which one should I attend? Should I go back to school for my master's degree? Should I try out for the cheerleading squad or the basketball team? What courses should I take next semester? Or maybe the question is, Lord, what do you want me to do? I would like for us to look at a very popular and familiar passage of scripture. It's Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six today. It's a passage in knowing God's will for your life. If we will learn what this passage really is teaching and begin to apply it in our daily life, it will make a profound difference when we come to those really tough decisions in life. Sometimes we know a passage so well, we almost know it too well. We know it so much that we really have never stopped to really think about what the words are really saying. And so I want to look at these five key words in the text that unlock rich and profound truths for us. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Three verbs stick out here. Trust, lean, acknowledge. The promise is he will show you the path to take. And so let's look at these words one at a time. The first one is trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's a word in Hebrew that means to lean with your full body, to lay upon, to rest the full weight upon. In our thinking, the word trust means to rely upon or to have confidence in. But the Hebrew word is stronger. It is the idea of stretching yourself out upon a bed or laying on a hard surface The word means to put your full weight, to prostrate yourself on something, to trust in the Lord, then is to lay your whole weight upon him. And so Solomon says we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. So in other words, we are to trust something. Solomon says we should make sure that we trust in the Lord. The trust is more than, but includes the command to trust Christ for our forgiveness, our salvation. However, true trust is more than a one-time exercise that leads to a decision to surrender to Christ for salvation. It is a lifestyle. It means to put your confidence in the Lord for all aspects of your life. It means trusting his commands in the Bible, trusting his wisdom in the times when we don't understand, and trusting the promptings of God's spirit. Note that we are to trust the Lord And don't skip past this. As we read through the book of Proverbs, you will see that we are warned about things that we tend to put our trust in, but should not trust in. Proverbs 11.28 says, trust in your money and down you go. 
Put the God, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring, the New Living Translation. Don't put your trust in riches or the property you own or your earning potential or your retirement accounts. Not that we shouldn't have those things, but we shouldn't put our ultimate trust in them. Proverbs 28, 25 through 26 says, greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Don't put your trust in your ability to get more than the other guy. Don't make greed the motivation for your life. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. This is the opposite side of the coin. Don't let your fear of people, what, control you. In this case, you're only trusting what they will say about you, who they think you are, but we should put our trust in who we know is safe. When we believe in Christ, he is safe. We can put our trust in him. And so I suppose we could add many things to this list. Don't trust your superstitions. Don't trust your horoscopes. Don't trust government programs. And don't trust your local sports teams. (laughs) Solomon points out all these things are inconsistent. They make promises on that which they cannot deliver. And so this trust must not be half-hearted. We can't trust him only when we feel like it because we aren't really trusting him at all. We can't trust God as long as there's no hard times in our life. That's bargaining with God. God, I'll serve you when things are good. But when they're bad, I'm gone. That's not trust. We are to trust him with all of our heart. Some might think that heart indicates emotions. They think we should feel confident about the Lord. But the word means far more than that. And so to the Jewish people reading this, the heart was the control tower of a person's life. It was their core, if you will. It refers not only to emotions, but also their thoughts, their will, and their behavior. And so we must trust with our entire being. And why should we trust? Because God knows better than we do. God knows everything we're going through. At this very moment, and everything we will go through, even in the future, he knows the best way to handle every situation so we get the best possible outcome. So we need to trust him with that. We need to follow his path and trust that he knows best because he does. God has our backs and he will help us and take care of us. He knows what is best, but to truly embrace what he has planned for us, We have to fully trust him. And so the scripture goes on and it says the second word for us is lean. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your what? Your own understanding. Lean means to rest upon something for partial support. We lean on something when we're not strong enough to stand alone. We are not to depend or lean on our own understanding, the scriptures tell us. If we trust our own understanding, we're not trusting the Lord. And this is the hardest part. We all tend to trust our understanding of a situation. We trust our emotions. We trust our ability to figure things out. And when we do this, we're putting all of our confidence in our own understanding or our own ability. We believe the only person that we can truly count on is me. Now, Hospitably speaking, can I say this? That's foolish for a couple of reasons. First, we're undependable and inconsistent. We can't trust ourselves to be objective or accurate in our thoughts and feelings. Why? Because sometimes we feel good, sometimes we feel bad. 
Sometimes we feel like God loves us. Sometimes we feel like he doesn't. But our faith is fact. It's not feelings. Thank God that he's given us emotions and feelings, but we also need to check them when they need to be checked. We are short-sighted and only God can see the big picture. So we are to trust the Lord with all our heart and guard ourselves from thinking that we're trusting the Lord when in reality we are depending on our own understanding. And so the third key word in this verse is understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. The word has to do with our mental faculties. It refers to the mental processes by which you analyze a problem. You break it down into smaller parts, and then you make a decision about what you're going to do. It's what we use early in the morning when we make up our to-do lists. We use our understanding to chart out the priorities of each day. Or it's when we do something on Sunday night to map out the upcoming week. It's our understanding. That's understanding. We use it anytime we plan our life or solve a problem. And so the word understanding refers to those mental processes by which you look at a problem, you analyze it, you decide how you're going to solve it. It also refers on how you set up your order of life. It's not a bad word, but understanding is simply the decision-making ability that God has given us. When you take the word lean, you put it with the word understanding and you add the negative you get the idea like this. Use all your mental powers, but don't lean on them for total support. That's what the scriptures is telling us. We all have mental capabilities and God wants us to use our brain because he gave it to us. But he's saying, don't use all of your understanding to figure things out for your total support. I'm your total support. I will figure it out for you. And I'll give you those answers. So don't trust in your own ability to figure out life Lean instead on the Lord and rest your weight on him. The fourth word is then acknowledge, acknowledge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You could translate this by saying in all your ways, know him. The underlying Hebrew word means to know deeply and intimately. It's the kind of knowing that comes with personal experience. It, it means to know something through and through. I want to give you an illustration of this. Um, as a little boy, my grandmother used to sing a song. Maybe some of you are familiar with the song. It's Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. And I remember she would be, you know, in the home, specifically on Sundays um, and, and after church or maybe during the week, and she'd be singing this song. And, and she would just start singing, and she took her time with it too, but she would just say, you know, what a fellowship. She didn't have a deep voice, but she said, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. And then there was the point where the chorus came in and she would go, leaning leaning. And I was there as a young boy going, man, grandma, you singing that song like God is in the room. And then I did the math. He was in the room 
because she was acknowledging him in all of her ways. She was saying, I have a personal experience with God, the master of the universe, and I'm connecting with him. I'm acknowledging him. And so the word is saying, seek his will in all that you do. This means a couple of different things. First, it means we should recognize that Jesus is Lord over everything in our lives. If we compartmentalize our lives, we're not truly trusting him. He is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Second, seeking his will in all we do means we trust his will over our own. When we need to make a choice between what we want to do and what he tells us to do, we should pursue what he says, not what we want. And so stop and think about how hard this is. Jesus asked us to do some pretty counterintuitive things like love rather than hate, forgive rather than get even, give rather than accumulate, wait on him rather than hurry, pray rather than worry. He tells us, don't look to your own interests. But what? Each of you look to the interests of others. So we have to lean on his understanding. We have to acknowledge him in all that we do. And then the fifth word is direct. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He will make your paths straight. That's the fifth word, direct. New King James Version translates it, he will direct your paths. Some other translations will say he will make your paths straight. It has the idea of a road which is unable to be traveled on. The road winds through the mountains, it goes down into the swamps, it has all these trails and zigzags for miles. And as you continue to map out this road, you discover there's areas in this road washed out there's potholes everywhere. And basically, there's some places in this road that you find out there's just a dead end. And that road is the road of life. It's the road that we're traveling on right now. As you look at it, it appears to be covered with obstacles, rocks filled with potholes. It appears to be a, a, a road to nowhere. And that's the way life can be sometimes. Some of you have come through a hard week. It's been filled with potholes, and you spent your whole week trying to drive around them, probably literally as well. As far as you can see in the future, the road is filled with nothing but potholes. Nothing but sewage is at the end of those potholes. And you come through this tough week, and you're not looking forward to another week filled with obstacles. You don't have the excitement because you know it will be a difficult path. But here's God's message to us. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, if you will know God in every area of your life, he himself will take personal responsibility to make that road smooth and straight. He will remove the obstacles if they need to be removed. He will fill in the potholes that need to be filled, and he will redirect the detour. So what seemed to be a dead end turns out to be the shortest way to reach your destination. All of you, me included, we have to trust in the Lord. We have to lay ourselves completely upon him. 
Don't lean on our own support of our own human understanding. But in all of our ways, we have to know God intimately. We have to take the path of this life that he's given us that sometimes can be curves everywhere, zigzags, but he'll make it straight. That's the promise of the almighty God. And so the question for us then is, how do we get this wisdom? How do we get this wisdom? How do we obtain it all? James chapter 1 verse 5 tells us how to do it. Scripture says in James chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let me break this verse down. If any of you lacks wisdom, the word lack pictures a deficit, a, a, a shortfall of some kind. And so when a person lacks this kind of wisdom, it nearly paralyzes them. It can paralyze us because we don't know what to do. But the Bible says, don't let it paralyze you. Ask God. Let him ask of God. And so the word ask in the original language means to be adamant in requesting and demanding assistance to meet your need. And so the word expresses the idea that when we ask, we should have full expectation to receive what we firmly requested. But there's a condition to be met, to receive the guarantee of wisdom. It's found in the phrase of God. Let him ask of God. In the original language, the phrase of God depicts a very close side-by-side, -side, intimate position next to someone else. Here, we're referring to God. And so these words used together pictures a person who comes right up alongside of God, comes so close to God as possible, stands right by him to receive wisdom. And so in this statement, we discover God's requirement of us before he will give us the wisdom we need. If we want wisdom, we must come right up alongside of God in order to obtain it. You see, God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want to freely hand out answers to our problems. He wants us to come to him. And the moment we get side by side with God, he opens up his hand and he reveals everything we need to know and understand about the situations that we are facing. So often we allow ourselves to get too busy with the affairs of this life and we fail to take some time to be intimate in the presence of God. And so we are in need of things and we tend to maybe go, hey God, can you hook me up by five o'clock today? This is what I need. It's your son, Ryan. Bye, take care of it. No, that's not coming alongside of God. That's rushing out of his presence. God is calling us, come close. My heart is here. Draw near. I'm longing for you, my child. Draw near, my love. And so when God is calling us that way, we should what? Respond. The moment is ours. I'm not rushing away. I love you, Jesus. And then he's going to give us the wisdom that we need. The Bible says in James 1 through 5, that latter part, he gives to us freely, liberally without reproach, and it'll be given to him. I love this, word, this verse. What does it mean that God will give us this, this, this wisdom liberally without reproach? It means that when we come to God, he will not criticize us. 
severely or find fault in us asking. So when we come to God for wisdom, he doesn't come, he doesn't say to us, didn't you come last week? Didn't I give you wisdom last Friday? Why are you back? I would give you wisdom today, but you went to your friend first and you didn't come to me. Get your act together. And when you get your act together, you can come ask me for some wisdom. That's not the God we serve. Thank God. He doesn't find fault. He says what? Come close, my love. I will share the wisdom that you need in this situation. That's the God that we serve. So when we come close to God, he profusely answers the questions we have, and then he imparts the wisdom we need. So how do we make wise decisions? A couple of things. I want to give you five questions we should ask when making decisions. Number one, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about it? The word of God is our compass from many life decisions. When making decisions, it's important that we consider what the Bible has to say on the issue. In reality, often the Bible won't say anything about our specific issue. Should I go back to school for my master's degree is not in scripture. But there are many things about the word that show us God's character, our character, and the possible effects of our decision. It shines a light on who our God is and how he leads us in those big decisions. Number two, have I prayed about it? James 1.5, right? Going hand in hand, what the Bible says about our decision is prayer. Taking our decisions to God in prayer is not a mere lip service. We go to God expecting him to give us wisdom because his word says that he will. As we humbly take our request to the throne, we then tune our hearts to hear his will. Number three, does it line up with my God-given mission? Every moment of our life has been ordained by God for a purpose. Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? We should walk in them. We never want to make a choice that hinders us from what God has already called us to do. Each decision we make should be a step further along the journey God has laid out for us. God is always about us progressing, not regressing. He's always about progression in our life. And so as believers, we need to make sure, is this part of the mission that God wants me to fulfill? Number four, will this hinder my witness? for the Lord or jeopardize my integrity. As believers, we have something even more important than our reputation, and that is the witness of the gospel. Our integrity is compromised when we find that our words, our actions, or our values do not align. So ask yourself, if you are compromising your integrity to gain something other than the glorification of God's holy name. And number five, do I need to seek counsel? We all need someone in our lives to look up to, someone who can offer us wise biblical advice. These people should be people that have walked closely with you. They know your heart, they know your values, they even know your weaknesses. They should also be able to speak the truth in love to you. 
Proverbs 1.5 says this, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. As believers, as Christians, we are Jesus's ambassadors on earth. Every action and decision we make can either have a positive or a negative effect on how we see things and also how people see Christ. So in the midst of tough choices, we have two options. We can focus on our circumstances or we can focus on our Heavenly Father. When we keep moving forward in our relationship with Him, He helps us make the best decisions in every part of our lives. Why? It's His guarantee. May I offer a prayer? Lord, help us to come to you when we find ourselves lacking answers about situations that need to be changed in our lives. When we've done all that we know to do and don't know what else to do, Father, remind us that every answer we need resides with you. Your wisdom holds the answers we are looking for. Therefore, we are making the decision to come to you now so you can start speaking to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.